It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Hour two of Light the Tower continues on a Tuesday mid-afternoon in Austin, Texas. Cameron Parker and Ty Henderson filling in for Craig Way and Jeff Howe as they are both on their way to Des Moines, Iowa, Texas, starting off their NCAA tournament Thursday, I believe it's 625, 630 Central Time start against Colgate. Um, the toothbrush brand has a basketball team, so that's that's cool to know. I actually use Colgate every day, Ty, twice a day. Same here, um, Vance White. Love to see it. Love to see it. And then the women's basketball team, they start Saturday, 105.3 the bat, 9 p.m. first or tip off, excuse me, with Roger Wallace and Kathy Harson. Craig Way, Eddie Orn, and Dave Garrett will be up in Des Moines for you. Uh have you been to Des Moines, Iowa before? Sadly I have uh, not. Yeah. Is that on your Have you? No. I, I've driven through Iowa twice. Uh, how was that? Don't really remember it. Flat? I think so. I mean, I think I blacked out. <laughs> like, once you get past Oklahoma, because I drove up there to South Dakota when I worked for a baseball team. And I think once you get past, like, Norman, you just kind of black out. North Northeast Oklahoma is very pretty. Yeah. That lake up there, I forget what it's called. Um, it's a huge lake. If someone on the text line can remind me of the yeah, name. Yeah, the big, the big lake with the water it in it. It looks a lot like Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> Never That's, been the Ar- never been the really? Arkansas before. It's beautiful. Um, there's some spots. Once you get closer to South Dakota, it gets it gets really gorgeous. What, what's the state below South Dakota? North North or Nebraska? I North, said North Dakota. N- North Dakota, <laughs> south of South Dakota. Yeah, uh, Nebraska. There's some there's some pretty parts as you get closer. Of Nebraska. Yeah, and, and like the north the north uh, west side because it's it's a part of all the mountains up there. Okay. The mountains, the the hills, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah. Had been to Des Moines. Uh, it's pretty cool up there for Craig and Jeff. So hopefully they get in safely as they get ready for uh, the, their, their week. Craig will be back tomorrow on on the show. Hopefully we'll have uh, Jeff Powell, Jeff Howe, Jeff Powell, Jeff Howe. And uh, as we look into some NFL free agency news. But, Ty, you had a great text from your girlfriend who you mentioned is a graduate of uh, Ole Miss University. Yes. Um, and you mentioned the Chris Beard. Signing hadn't had a chance to talk to her yet. She was out in California. Uh, what, what did she? Uh, I heard she's listening in. Yeah, so she was listening and she sent me a text after we were done talking about that and said, um, "I'm not a huge fan of them bringing in a, bringing a criminal on board, but at least we will win." And I feel like that is. I'm not not to say that Chris Beard is a criminal because he has been acquitted of all charges, but eh, or charges have been dropped. But uh, that seems to be the uh, a constant theme throughout the the SEC uh, that I've noticed through all sports. That not, yeah, that seems like it sums up. At least we'll win. Sums up most how most SEC fans feel. I mean, I don't think any thing. What's the percentage of Alabama fans that wanted one and eight? It's gone. Zero. Zero. And Less even than five. I mean, even with some Texas fans, there's still some that still believe that Chris Beard should should have stayed uh, stayed on. Um, but let's get into some NFL free agency news, and I believe we have some breaking news to start. What you got? Noah Brown 
Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, uh, former Ohio State Buckeye, has had some big moments throughout the past few years, has signed with the Houston Texans. Oh, man. Our guy, Jerry, come on. Jeremy Fowler from ESPN has reported that Noah Brown has signed a deal. Uh, no terms yet on the financials how much, or the— How much do you think he got per year? It's got to be like million? two, two— yeah. Two, three two, million. No, I, I was saying two years, probably. I mean, I think if he was signing for two million a year, I think Jerry would have brought him back. I'm, I'm thinking six, seven. You think more than that? Yeah, it's probably a kind of how they overpaid for Randall Cobb oh, a few years ago. I would say maybe like a two year deal, one year maybe guaranteed, the second one a team option. But uh, no, nothing yet reported yet. But so Tech or Texas Cowboys losing, losing Brown. They did restructure Michael Gallup's contract. Um, Created, created about $7 million in, in cap space, trying to come in under. Uh, they did franchise tag Tony Pollard, but besides that, haven't done haven't done much. The The biggest news that came out, uh, B&E reported this morning, Ty, was Donovan Wilson returning to uh, the Cowboys on a three-year deal worth up to $24 million. I think a really good signing. The first two years guaranteed, 13 and a half. The third year uh, not guaranteed, but... He was a part of a, a really good safety core with J. Ron Curse and Malik Hooker. I felt like the Cowboys' secondary was a, a huge plus for them under Dan Quinn. Um, so I'm excited about bringing back bringing back Donovan Wilson. But besides that, Cowboys haven't done jack. So with this Noah Brown news, um, obviously you got to go get another receiver, whether it's through the draft or free agency. What, which route do you think they take there? Do you think they try to get a guy in the early rounds of the draft or they go after? I mean, a lot of, a lot of stories have come out about Odell Beckham Jr., uh, the Cowboys being a front front runner to sign him. Uh, would you rather see them sign a guy like that or a Julio Jones or trade for a DeAndre Hopkins or try to get uh, one of these younger receivers or early in the draft? So what the Jones family likes to do is usually just draft and develop and then cut ties. But with the the skill positions, they've been weird. Like the Amari Cooper trade, giving up a first-round pick for him and then letting him go for a fifth rounder while he turned out to be one of the top ten receivers in the league last year. Uh, I digress. I don't know what they're going to do, Ty, because the receiver class for free agencies this year is awful. The number one receiver, I don't know, Juju Smith-Schuster. So here's the deal so far. There's been like four of the top signings, including Noah Brown, which is where that's where he tells you how this free agency class is at. Noah Brown's that he's signing top, this early, yeah. And that he's a top signature. Jacoby Myers, former Patriot, signing with the Las Vegas Raiders. Three years, $33 million. Jacoby Myers is making $11 million per year. And I would say he's, what, top? Is he top 20 in the league receiver? No. no. Top 30? Maybe. Maybe. Top 40? Sure. Going to reunite with Josh McDaniels and Jimmy G. As Jimmy G, of course, going to the Raiders was actually, I think, actually a pretty good move for Garoppolo. I felt like he needed to end up on a team that knew his limits Kyle Shanahan is great with quarterbacks and getting the most out of them, as we saw with uh, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, Mr. Seven Years in Ames, Iowa. But with Garoppolo, he he knows Josh McDaniels. I think McDaniels knows. I mean, he got the best out of Tom Brady for years. Bringing in uh, Jacoby Myers, I'm not sure that's the the biggest signing. Uh, Defonte Adams still expected to be with the team. I thought they were going to go after Aaron Rodgers, but it appears that Rodgers is waiting 
on the New York Jets to make a deal. Man, I, I, I mean, on the Raiders, you got Devontae Adams. They still have, I think they still have Mac Hollins as well, who's mm-hmm. kind of a breakout wide receiver last year. Franchise tag Josh Jacobs, um, who actually looked pretty good last so season. So what, what does this mean? I mean, Jacoby Myers is a slot receiver. So what, what does this mean for Hunter Renfro? I don't know. But we need to protect our white boys, Ty. <laughs> I take. Her there's only the a few left of us. I mean, I take Cole Beasley back on the Cowboys at this point. Um, I the Cowboys I, would not take Cole Beasley back. Yeah, I know. There's a lot going on with Cole Beasley. But besides that, the other free agencies available. You have Juju, who I would think is going to return back to KC. OBJ, who's expected to hold a, I believe, a private workout with he some did. teams. He, he already did. did, and the Cowboys didn't at- attend. Okay, the reports have so, come out that they are. The front runner still, even okay. though they didn't re- attend. Um, I think it's going to be either them or the Giants. But he's asking for like a multi-year contract for like twenty million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And Odell, like, if Jerry signs him for more than ten million a year, I'll be sorely disappointed. I mean, he's an older receiver, dealt with injuries almost every single year. Um, he's probably going to hit a wall like Julio Jones has hit in yep. the last two years. Um, I would like to coming see off. Two torn ACLs now, right? Like yeah. That's, like I even mean, even no matter how freak of an athlete you are, that that's tough on the human body. And I, I don't necessarily like any of the top receivers in this draft either. So I, I don't. And I and I'd rather not take a one in the first round. I, mean, I rather like there's been talk about you know would you take Bijan there? It's like I or even I've seen a lot of Michael Mayer mock to like to Dallas with Dalton Schultz. Now that's another question: Is Dalton Schultz the free agent? And Cowboys apparently have not offered him. A contract. That's, that's good, in my opinion. So it seems like they're going to move on from my guy Jake Ferguson. If you yeah. any of you guys listen in the mornings, you know I've been talking. He'll step up. 70, I'm, I'm, I think seventy catches a game from him this year. But I wouldn't. Or, I wouldn't want to take this year total mayor or receiver in the first round. I rather I just go with offensive lineman. Man, you had you, had, you had Jason. Really? You had not Jason Kelsey. You had uh, Peters. Jason Peters starting for you in the playoffs. He was he's forty years old and he lost McGovern yesterday. Lost McGovern. He got he got paid and I'm fine with that signing, letting him go. Um, what did he end up a three year three year deal? I think he was the weakest link on that. Three line years, twenty three million dollars with Buffalo Bills as they try and shore up their uh, their signings so far. But back to the receivers real quick. OBJ, free agent. You have Michael Thomas who hasn't looked good in four years. He's not a free agent though, is he? I believe so. Actually, yeah, that's what PFF is reporting. Um, he's up there. Adam Thielen is most likely to be released by the Vikings he, he, he if got, he didn't. He yeah, got released. Yeah, another white boy right there. You know how I feel about that. Um, Alan Lazard, for some reason, Aaron Rodgers, who always complains about how his receivers will lose him games, somehow always wants him to come the same with them. Guys, yeah, like Randall Cobb. And you have Lazard Elijah Moore. You have Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. And you want to bring Alan Lazard to be your number two? And you already have Corey Davis, who's essentially yes. Alan Lazard. You have, three, same you have three receivers who are better than anyone the Packers had last year. And the hang-up is maybe because he wants to bring one of those guys with him. Uh, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think that would be, you know, like, I don't, I don't think it's to be like, oh, I'm going to retire if you don't sign Alan Lazard. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see how it's that big of a deal. I think they're just trying to fluff, you know, the idea of him coming there at this point. The other I, signings. I said it earlier. Sorry to interrupt you. No, you're good, you're good. Uh, if if he retired, and and flaked on the Jets, I think that would be the funniest and the best thing ever, and the most Jets thing that that could possibly happen in the scenario. Well, he's he's following the career path of the man he hated the most, Brett Favre. So Brett Favre was what a year in New York. Mm-hmm. Didn't play great. Went to Minnesota. He got hurt. He got hurt. That's true. 
when the Minnesota had a, had a really good year, threw a great interception to end his uh, his career against the Saints. He beat the Cowboys. They beat year. the Cowboys, but who didn't beat the Cowboys that year? Um, the thing is that the Jets have a great defense. I love Salah. Um, it's funny how he also crapped all over Nate Hackett, uh, Detective Nate Hackett, who's now the uh, OC at New York after a incredible, incredible first year at Denver. Oh, my God. Imagine being a Broncos fan right now. But he, he, he crapped on him as a offensive coordinator, and now he wants to go back to the Jets. Do you think where they, he's at. they brought him in just so it was attractive? I, I thought Rogers? so. I, I don't know. I don't understand Aaron Rodgers at all. I, I've given up. I mean, he, he wants to bring the That's receivers who drop he all want, his footballs. He wants you to be confused. Yeah. But – he could be following Brett Favre's path, so I, I don't know. Maybe he said too much uh, ayahuasca. Maybe maybe when he blacked out in uh, his retreat in Oregon, it was just all he could think of was Alan Lazard. Do you know. think there's any chance that he goes back to the Packers? I'm sure because the last three years it felt like Rodgers was always going to leave. And what happens? Week one, there he is wearing number twelve jersey. Yeah, but in, in the in previous seasons, we haven't really off seasons. We haven't heard the kind of rhetoric that's coming from the Packers front office. I mean, that's like, true. Oh, if it works out our way, you know, he'll be gone. It does seem like they're finally ready to move on, and they have complete faith in Jordan Love, which will be interesting. Which to see. I don't understand how they have faith in yeah, that guy. Yeah, um, off, he's had one good game in three years or two years. He's looked very shaky at best. It wasn't like Rodgers or. The situation with where it was with Brett Favre, where it felt like you know what we heard about Rodgers under Favre was like this kid is incredible. Under Jordan Love, I haven't heard anything else other than like, oh, he's a great teammate. That's sick. Yeah, and 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 that's spot- sick if you're a third string quarterback. He's had spot starts in his first two years, and I think he had one good game at the end of last year. Um, you know, at the end of the year, kind of garbage time. Um, I mean, they were still looking for a playoff spot, obviously, but I. I I don't think he's ever – he's maybe thrown for over 300 yards once and probably eight starts, which concerns me. I think he'll just end up being another, like, Sam Darnold kind of guy who can win you a game here and there but is never really going to take you to that next level that, that they want to go to. So, Rick, real quick on the Michael Thomas stuff. So, he technically isn't a free agent. Uh, I was wrong with that. They restructured his contract. But uh, it sounds like insiders believe he'll be part of the June 1st cut for the Saints to save some money. Um Kind of like what the Cowboys are probably going to do with Ezekiel Elliott is when June first cuts, release him, and uh, they save some money to avoid that big dead cap hit. Back last thing on the Cowboys before we wrap up this first segment, I would I would love to make a receiver or make a splash on a wideout because you got to surround Dak with the best weapons as possible. If you're going to win a Super Bowl, you got to pull a Matt Stafford, the Rams. You got to go out and you got to get an OBJ. You got to go out and get an All Star defense. Find a Cooper Cup. You're not going to – like, C.D. Lamb's a great receiver, but he's going to need some help. I think – I would love a move for D-Hop that, or Chris Godwin. I agree. But also, the price you're going to have to pay for that, I don't think Jerry Jones or Stephen Jones want to pay that. Realistically, how much do you think a, a D-Hop is? I think a Chris Godwin's probably worth more – or it's going to cost more. But I think a, a third a third and a fifth next year would, would get you DeAndre Hopkins. You just got to pay him. Would you do that? A third and a, and a – Yeah. I would. A lot. I just don't see Jerry and Stephen Jones doing that. I, I mean, think he has I, to he has to look around the league and yep. see what's been you know what the NBA NBAification of the NFL is you know it's it's in front of us. Like players are switching teams more than mm-hmm. they ever have in the past, and you know the Rams did it with f them picks. It worked. I mean, yep. they got their Super Bowl. They're probably going to have to rebuild now. But I mean, if the Cowboys won a Super Bowl next year and traded their first round picks for the next three years, It'd I would care. It. 
yeah, I'd have that for the rest of my life. Do you think? Do you think the seven Rams fans out there are like upset they didn't? Craig. Yeah, Craig. Sorry, oh, boy, <laughs> I'm gonna hear that one tomorrow. Do you think they're upset that they didn't have a good year this year after they won the Super Bowl? No, no of course not. And I think I, if I'm as a Cowboy fan, and you're a Cowboy fan too, right, Ty? Yeah. Like, if you told me like, hey. Cowboys will win it next year, but they'll be trash the next three years because they trade away all their picks. I'm like, I don't care because we haven't had any success. We haven't gotten to an NFC championship game since before I was born, same before here. you were born. Yeah, same here. So I think you got to sell out. But just knowing how Jerry and Steven work, they, they want to draft in the belt. And that's why their big move for receiver last year was to draft Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama, who didn't play in a single game, who didn't dress out, who looked awful in preseason, looked awful in training camp, didn't know what he was doing, and he probably won't play a single snap for hey, Cowboys going for. Who knows? He could, he could turn well, around. Well, no, Brown gone. you got to find I mean, someone to step up. Somebody's got to step up, exactly. I uh, hope, hope the God they have a plan. But uh, Well, coming up next, we'll have Longhorn Notebook, hour number two. Uh, some more wrap-up, some flex, ATX, and more as Light the Tower continues. Light the Tower rolls on on this Tuesday afternoon from the ARN compound just outside Westlake, Texas. Cameron Parker and Ty Henderson out here on the call for you. Craig Way, Jeff Howe on the road to Des Moines, Iowa as the NCAA tournament begins in two days, Ty. We're so close to it. Craig, of course, will be on the call for us here on the Horn and TexasSports.com. You can listen to Texas, 6 o'clock pregame right here, 104.9 The Horn. It'll be Craig. It'll be Eddie Oren on the call. Tip-off about 625, 630. It's one of those weird time starts. You'll have like some like 12 tens and, and crap like that in the tournament. All, all TV regulated. But they'll be out there in Des Moines. Jeff Howe out there as well covering it for Horns 247. They should be back tomorrow. Craig at least for sure. We look forward to that. But uh now let's get into a quick little Flex ATX update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, real quick for you guys, uh, Flex ATX show. There will be no show tomorrow because of uh, some scheduling issues going on with um, with the horn. So you'll be able to check them out next Wednesday. But keep looking at the FlexATX.com website. Keep checking FlexATX for socials. We've had some good interviews the last few weeks. Uh, we had Coach Sanders come on from Vandergrift. We had a great show with Alex Green and Will Hammond. Uh, two weeks ago, Ty, uh, those guys came in the studio. Two excellent kids, Hammonds, a, a Texas Tech commit. And actually, because of me, he now has a cactus in his Twitter handle. I asked him if he had a cactus because, you know, most Texas Tech fans have that. Uh, bad news, he now has it in his handle. So I apologize for all the future, uh, for all the Texas fans I have to encounter with that because we know it. Any, any Twitter mention that has a cactus in the handle, you lose what? All the credibility you have? Hey, I went to Tech for a short time. You did? I did not know that. Okay. 
Didn't okay. make it. Didn't make it a semester my freshman year, but it was that bad. I had to come home. That Lubbock bad? was not for me. Not no, <laughs> but my hey, my sister goes there and she loves it. So okay, well, I won't be too hard. But just keep out um, for flexatx.com. They'll be back next week. Nolan Holgan will be hosting. Um, I'll be out at the Dell Match Play in Zach Lucero. Actually going to a wedding, I believe, in Utah or something. Um, everyone's always flying during the shows. Does Match Play start this week? Next Monday. Oh, okay. Next Monday. I was worried. I was like, I haven't thought about that at all. Oh, uh, you're going to be out there at all? Yeah, I'll be out there at least a few days. All right, love it. And then real quick, uh, District 25 6A, some season awards. That's the Stony Point District. And uh, you'll be shocked to hear, but uh, the six foot seven junior, Josiah Mosley, named the district MVP. Made a great run to the regional finals this this past year for Stony Point Tigers, uh, first season under a new head coach, and took it to Stony Point program the farthest they've been in a long time. So congrats to the Tigers and mostly he'll be back for his senior year. Excited to see what he does. He's currently a three star prospect. Uh, I'm guessing he'll get his four star. Um, He's not committed anywhere right now. Not he? committed anywhere yet, um, but I, I'm assuming he'll be a four star before it's too before it's said and done. I'll put the MVP for 25-6, Caden Branch, the uh, senior guard from Westwood. And then defensive MVP, Lender Moore, 6'3", junior. You know him from his football days, uh, DB. Newcomer of the year uh, was the sophomore point guard for Stony Point, Uzziah Bunton, uh, son of the one of the assistant coaches. Bunton is is a great floor general. And you, if you wouldn't, if you watched him at all, Ty, I know Say can attest to this, but when you watch him, you don't think he's a sophomore. So what makes me excited for Stony Point next season is not only you're bringing back Josiah Mosley, but you're going to have Uzziah Bunton with another year of experience as a point guard. In the first team all-district, Mosley, Bunton, Branch, obviously. Tiki Morin, a six foot three senior. Uh, he can shoot the lights out. Sad to see him go. Cooper Heston, a senior from Round Rock. Charlie Hatch, a senior from Vandergrift. And then Madison Anderson, a senior from Vandergrift as well. Gabe Parr, the six foot eight senior, also first team all-district. And then John Eric Mosley. The brother, older brother of Josiah, he's a senior. Gabe Cottrell, six foot nine seniors from Cedar Ridge, and then Peyton Doolin, a six foot three junior. He can also shoot pretty well. He'll be back for his senior season for the Raiders. Uh, that's it for our Flex 30 update. And now it's time for hour two of the Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Longhorn broke Longhorn Notebook t- brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, uh, the home loan. Expert um, Scotty Scheffler, Ty. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna nerd out on some golf stuff here. So if you want to take your head, headphones off, get some coffee. Uh, I won't be upset. Hey, I'm a golf guy. Okay. Scotty Scheffler won the the Players Championship. Uh, it's his sixth one in the PGA Tour. Uh, one of the fastest to get there, outside of guys named Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods, Jordan Spieth, and uh, has really cemented his legacy on the tour early on. It's his second one of the season. He uh, won. A few weeks ago at the Phoenix Open, back-to-back, came really close last week at the Arnold Palmer at Bay Hill. Uh, I thought for sure he was going to win after kind of speed faltered down the stretch. Rory went away. I thought Scotty was going to make birdie on 18. Ends up making bogey. Kurt Kitayama with an incredible punch-out shot on the 18th holds on to win his first PGA Tour. But the last few events for Scotty Scheffler, first at the Players, T4 at Bay Hill, T12 at the Genesis, first at the at the Phoenix Open, T11 at the American Express, T7 at the Century Tournament of Champions, and then going back even further, the last time he finished outside the top 15 tie was the CJ Cup in South Carolina in the fall wraparound season last year. So since, since 
the start of the new calendar year, his worst finish is T12. So if you're looking at Masters bets, folks, the guy who won it last year, I mean, outside of John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler's playing the best golf in the world. And he's also getting it done on courses that are different fits, too, which is even more exciting. He's not a horses-for-courses type guy. Looking at all the different types of courses, Players' Championship at TBC Sawgrass, it's a really tough course. It's considered a second-shot second golf course. I mean, he obliterated it. 17-under, had an incredible par putt on the 18th. The guys next to him had already finished their round from early in the morning. Terrell Hatton was in there, Sung J.M. Like, he went out in the toughest conditions of the day while other guys were coming in. Minwoo Lee, I think he finished at 9-under. Everyone else was kind of just struggling down the stretch, limping in, barely getting across the finish line. And Scotty Scheffler... He was like, not playing it safe at all. Either. No. Five straight birdies was one birdie away, I believe, from either tying or setting the course record for most birdies in a row. And this is a guy, too, a few years ago. I remember when he was in the final group of the PGA Championship during the COVID year. He was in the final group with Dustin Johnson and did not win. He played all right. Um, Colin Morikawa came out, ended up winning winning that tournament, and it felt like Scotty Scheffler was the narrative around him was like, all right, he's a good player, but you know, when's he going to win? Well, after starting his career 0 for 70, Scheffler has won six of his last 27 starts. What changed? Ted Scott. Is that his caddy? Or? New caddy. New caddy came in. So Ted Scott used to be the caddy for Bubba. Um, I was about to say Bubba Wallace. Bubba Watson, uh, former Masters champion, now on the Live Tour. Um, one of the most annoying golfers in the world is probably Bubba Watson to me. Uh, Ted Scott was on his bag. Uh, the last, I would say it's been about, it's been over a year now. So I would say after the uh, 2021 PJ Tour season, Ted Scott left Bubba's back and Scotty went and got him. And that's when Scotty kind of just completely different player. And it, they both are really deeply religious people. Both have tremendous, they, they put a lot of, put a lot into their faith. And they have a great mentality of, you know, Whatever happens, happens. It's when the golf ball leaves the club face, it's out of our control. And that's a great mentality to have in golf because golf is a sport that is so infuriating because you can hit the best shot and it can just a gust of wind can hit it and it's off the green. It can go out of bounds. It can go in the water. It can hit the hit the hit the pin stick and go off the green. But for some reason, and I'm just saying it's Ted Scott. It could just be he's older, um, more more maturity. But he's won the six of his last starts. He's won the Masters already. He's won the players. He's won probably the hardest defense to match play because you, you play from Wednesday to Sunday, almost playing 200 holes of golf. Almost won his first year, lost to Billy Horschel, beat Kisner last year in the match play. Probably going to win here in two weeks again. He's, your, he's your pick? He, he's my pick. I don't think anyone's beating Scotty Scheffler right now, and if you're looking at odds to you know possibly win the Masters, I think right now John Rahm is the favorite. He, he withdrew... He withdrew from the Players' Championship with some stomach issues, um, which hurt a lot of people's golf picks, including including myself, unfortunately, John. I hope your stomach's okay. But going into the majors for the Masters, the favorite is John Rahm at plus 1,800. Scheffler's plus 800 as well with Rory. The top, plus the top 800 three, or 18? Plus 800. Okay. I mean, that's it's hard to pick a winner. It is. Getting pretty good odds there. But for Scotty and... He's playing the best golf right now. I love the way his game sets up the rest of the season. And after the round, uh, Jordan Spieth, who, of course, 
knows him very well. They're, they both live in the Dallas area. They both play golf a lot. Uh, Spieth was asked after a T19 finish about the run that Scotty Scheffler's on, and I thought Spieth had, had a really good response. Do you think it was more like once-in-a-lifetime run? Uh, I mean, there's one guy that created a career out of a run um, and became the best ever, so uh, not necessarily, but I think that and it's and I honestly I hated when it was called a run for me, so I don't want to call it a run for Scotty. I mean, he's playing really like even if he didn't have those two chip ins, he's only leading by four. So um, it's also to win golf tournaments. You hold putts or you chip something in, and everyone does it during the week. Um, but he's a guy who's going to be it's really exciting. I mean, Tita Green, he's he's as good as he's ever been right now, and um, with some flair and uh, some stuff around the greens and, and making some putts. Um, he's a guy that's hard to beat. I'm, I play against him a lot at home, and consistently he's he's shooting really low rounds, and when I feel like I get the better of him, it's a boost of confidence right now because he's arguably the best player in the world right now. He and John and Rory have, I guess you guys have all written about how that change has gone down, but um, it's easy to say right now that I consider him the best in the world. How did the current situation? Yeah, so that's Jordan Spieth on Scotty Scheffler, and I would agree to probably the, playing the best golf of anyone right now. Uh, Rom was sick last week, but I think like in the last uh, seven or eight starts where they both played in the same tournament, either Scotty or John Rom have won that tournament. So right now, it feels like it's a, it's a two-player race for these wins between Rom and Scheffler. Kind of disappointing Rory McIlroy. Rory had a had a really good season uh, on the European DP World Tour. Uh, was close in Dubai. He won in Dubai over Patrick Reed. But since coming to the States, he just hasn't put it together. Missed to cut the players where he won a few years ago. So hopefully Rory can turn around. But Scotty Scheffler right now is playing great golf. What Jordan said, I mean, he just, he just bashes it off the tee. But he also has incredible short game, too. He had those two chip-ins uh, on Sunday, hole number three. You know, the, the wind's really picking up. Conditions are struggling, and Scotty misses the par three short. He's he's on the fringe. He's got his feet below in a bunker, ball ball above his stance, and it's like, okay, this could be a hole where if Scotty makes you know makes a sloppy four, then all of a sudden you're looking at, oh, man, is he in trouble? Nope, chips it in for birdie, and that was it. Five birdies in a row, making the turn, comes in on, on 17, and he said he said on his back nine after, after uh, winning was that, the entire back nine, he was thinking about 17. Because I don't, did you watch the tournament on, on Sunday, Ty? I didn't, no. So the win made 17 virtually almost impossible to hit. It, it's, it was, it's a weird golf hole. Some people love it, some people hate it, but the conditions were great for TV viewing. And Scotty said the entire back nine, he was building up his lead. Because you mentioned to me that like he never let off the glass, he never let off the gas, and it was because he was worried about giving up a few shots on 17 because of how hard it was playing. So he was like, I wanted to build up my lead as far as possible so I didn't wouldn't lose it all on one hole. And he made par because he, he's just playing the best golf in the world. 18 hit it way right. Uh, 18 is that dog leg left with water all, all on the left side. It's basically an impossible tee shot. The wind was blowing in left to right. So in, the, in order to get it on the fairway, you got to aim way left across the water. The last hole the, of, of the tournament, you're leading. No, you're, you're going you're gonna to bail out right. Bailed out right, punched out, hit his, his, uh, his approach shot to like 15 feet. Buried the putt for par, and then that was it. All said and done, Scotty Scheffler, your player's champion. But excited to see what he's doing, and congratulations to him and his family. Uh, six wins. He, he's playing some of the best golf that I've seen in a while. He's going through this run, and as Jordan Spieth called it, hopefully it's not a run. 
don't like to hear that, but um, if you're looking at majors bets rest of the rest of the season, folks, I think you got to circle in on Scotty Scheffler. I hear you there. All right, Ty. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap it up, and uh, we'll pass it off to uh, Chad and say as Light the Tower will wrap up here on Tuesday afternoon. We're wrapping up Light the Tower. Ty Henderson coming in out of the bullpen, man. I appreciate you stepping up. After, like the Texas softball pitchers that pitched all weekend, you came in, you, you ran you ran the uh, the 6-10 to 10 today. And pop right back up. Appreciate you, brother. No problem. Thanks for having me. It's so awesome. if you're, you're tired of hearing my voice, uh, Craig Way will be back tomorrow from Des Moines, Iowa. Jeff Howe should be in as well. As they'll uh, continue to light the tower from the NCAA tournament as the Longhorns hopefully will make a deep run. I'm Cameron Parker for Ty Henderson. Thanks for stopping by. Cheers. <laughs>